may start. We are back to meet you downing with Destiny Blanco. At oh, so we'll get you in a second. At, <laughs> at the Flower Expo, we've got another very interesting individuals, and of course, we are in Massachusetts. So while we are in certain states, we do try to get the breakdown of how they work to get you some valuable information about how the licensing structure is at this current moment in history and what's happening here. So we grabbed a really cool guy who we met uh, on the street here. Because everybody's on the street. It sounds bad, but we're all on the street here. And uh, who knows a lot about Massachusetts has involved himself and grabbed himself a delivery license. Is that right? That's correct, yes. So, so tell us about yourself. Yeah, so my name is Devin Alexander. I am the CEO and co-founder of Rolling Relief. It is a marijuana delivery operator license based in Newton, Massachusetts. I'm a lifelong re resident of Massachusetts. Um, in 2011, I was arrested for a minor cannabis possession, and that derailed my ambitions of joining the U.S. Air Force. Mm -hmm. I worked as a local CVS pharmacy tech, then transitioned to work at a medical marijuana dispensary, which I found was very translatable. You know, and, and what uh, year did you get arrested again? 2011. 2011, correct. And what year did you work, start working in marijuana dispensary? And 2016. 2016. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Sorry. And so I started off as a bud tender. Then I worked my way up to a director of community outreach, and then I a enrolled. Tender with a dream. <laughs> and then I enrolled into the first cohort of the Massachusetts Social Equity Program. The first what? The first cohort of the Massachusetts Social Equity Program. So when Massachusetts legalized back in 2016, they had a legal state mandate to have equity rules. So people disproportionately impacted by the war on drugs must have a chance to get their foothold in this billion-dollar industry. Mm -hmm. More often than none, those are minorities and people of color. Uh, Massachusetts was the first state in the country to have a statewide social equity program. You know, states like California, the equity program, uh, they differ from city to city. Los Angeles is different from Sacramento, which is different from San yeah. Diego. But Massachusetts had a statewide uniform program across the board. So, uh, just quickly, because people out there are mostly industry-related people, Delivery Newton, does that mean that you're authorized to deliver anywhere in Newton, or can that delivery expand throughout the entire state of Massachusetts? You know, we can technically deliver throughout the state of Massachusetts. There's certain municipalities that have moratoriums in place, so we can deliver to the, those um, towns that have those cannabis moratoriums in place. So you got to be really strategic, and when you place your headquarters, um, luckily Newton, a city 10 miles west of Boston, they have a lot of surrounding towns that we can deliver to. So that so how many uh, delivery licenses were issued by the state of Massachusetts? Um, so there's multiple classes of delivery licenses. There's what they call a there's delivery. multiple classes of delivery. They have Why what's they called so they have what's called the delivery operator. That's what we are. We have the ability to wholesale directly from cultivators and product manufacturers, mm -hmm. and then they have what are called delivery couriers who have to partner with retailers, take on their product pre-packed, everything they don't sell at the end of the day, they bring back to that retail location. So in total, between the couriers and operators, there's about thirteen. So it's okay. like you guys buy the get the product from the cultivators and then versus the other license they're being fronted. Exactly. So like, how do you make money off that license yeah. type? Really just on delivery fees because you don't own it. So we buy it at wholesale and then sell it at Keystone. That's smarter. Yeah, it's kind of how the legacy is. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's frustrating. I didn't know this about the master's delivery structure. Uh, it's news to me. Different states have different delivery structures. Even some local jurisdictions have their own delivery rules. But it's just wild that stuff gets divided up. I mean, in inevitably, it frustrates me, sorry, because we don't know each other yet, and it's what yeah. you know a little bit about me. Uh, all this regulation leads to the Drug War 2.0, uh -huh. leads to Prohibition 2.0, which inevitably people who have less means or who love cannabis will want to get involved, and they will violate the law. So you're going to have this whole other wave of minorities, poor people, or people who love cannabis, want to get involved in cannabis 
try to come through do delivery services or retail or manufacturing whatever mm -hmm. and then they're going to be slapped with some sort of civil sanctions or some sort of criminal sanctions we're creating the drug war 2.0 prohibition 2.0 the need for social equity 2.0 which nobody has ever said until now we're creating the need for social equity 2.0 in a cannabis reality that doesn't even exist 10 to 20 years from now because we have no idea we forgot that the free market is the only way that we should be going. Anyway, so that's just my little opinion. Sorry, we don't know each other yet. Yeah, just get, sure. throwing it down a little bit about who we are and what Mita is trying to get out there, which is education, not just about how the world is right now. and We accept the world as it is, who the players are, like yourself. You're a yeah. player in Massachusetts. You're a guy to know. People should reach out to you. But also people need to think about how the industry works, how the market structure works, how the supply chain works, yeah. and that you know all of us have an input in determining where it goes. 100%. What do you think of my spiel? No, I think you're spot on. Yeah. Okay. So how are things going for you? They're going good now. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Starting out, it was a little slow. Uh, we're not a storefront, so people can't come into our location space. We mm -hmm. can't have markings on the side of our vehicles due to state regulations. Um, so we have to do a lot of digital marketing and have a huge online brand presence. We've started listing on um, technology platforms such as Weed Maps, such as Leafly, yeah. and then really focusing in on our SEO work has been huge for us, getting Google Business Account up and running, getting positive five-star Google reviews, you know, really uh, honing in now at this point in time. But RLG, RLF, tell me about that. Rolling relief. You know, it's like uh, Massachusetts, you know, it says Grassachusetts up here. Top left is April 20, 420. Yeah. Born to roll. Yeah. Nice. What's mm -hmm. on the back? Nothing. Yeah, so. I, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Massachusetts, that's what I always refer to Massachusetts as. Uh, yeah, I mean, literally cannabis-friendly out here. I don't really come out to this part of the state at all. Western Massachusetts is like the country to me. I'm a city boy. Um, so That's what Eric was yeah. saying. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's cool. No, it's good to see a change of scenery and see how people across the state are getting down. What do you think of uh, Flower Expo so far? Oh, so far, so good. This is one of the best cannabis events I'll, I'll take I've, I've been to in Massachusetts. Um. You know, the fact that uh, people are all able to gift products to one another, you yeah. know, and be able to try certain products as well. I um, know, when I, I was walking that's very, in. That's very lacking in the Massachusetts space. So having yeah. this be the first of its kind, you know, that can definitely you know, set the tone for future events. I designed a, uh, a brand for him as I was standing here. Gave Which it to him for free. It's <laughs> called the Brat Pack. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because he works with, like, Rob Lowe, Emilio Estevez, and those guys back in the 80s and stuff. He's an old PR guy. Yeah. And I'm like, what are they doing in cannabis? He's like, oh, nothing. I'm like, well, why don't you create the Brat Pack handmade pre-rolls uh -huh. and put have the four of them on there and sell it. Right? Yeah, why not? <laughs> everyone's, get, everyone's getting into the game. Might as well. Brat Pack. Anyway, anyway so... Delivery is is was your goal? Is that is that where you're going to stop? What do you see? What's coming next? Yeah, I mean, delivery was very attractive to us because in Massachusetts, delivery is exclusive to equity applicants for a number of years. You have an exclusivity window, and obviously, the startup costs are very minimal compared to a retail. So, we eventually, once we have a good positive generative cash flow, um, we'd like to obtain a product manufacturing license as well down the road. So all delivery was exclusive to social equity applicants. That's correct. Yes, that was um, a very important law. And another, once the once the license once the license comes out uh, for social consumption, it's going to be in the same boat as well. So all social consumption licenses will be exclusive to equity applicants, where the equity applicant cannot own less than fifty one percent of the company. See these these laws fascinate me. They have, they, and they're absolutely fascinating. I mean, but just we have an experience of our social equity. Is there a limit on the number of social equity delivery licenses? 
for one person? Just in general. In general, no, they haven't. Not yet. They haven't. Okay. You know, there's no limit. Uh, they're just about to start the fourth cohort of the program very soon. How um, is the process? Do you re- uh, apply an application? They draw his yeah. blood. Yeah. No, I got to cut <laughs> off my little pinky thumb. toe. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, you have to prove um, that you lived in a disproportionately impacted area for five of the last ten years, mm-hmm. or you yourself, your spouse, or you the child of someone who was convicted of a cannabis crime. Um, so I went down to like my city hall and had them write a letter saying that I lived in where I lived basically my entire life. Um, mm-hmm. So living where I lived, that was how I got into the program. But it's funny because everything that I learned in the program had nothing to do with delivery because the delivery regulations were not released until a month after I finished the program. Right. So I finished in April, and then they came out in May, like literally right after. Like, right so time. the regulations were our textbook, right? So, so what did they okay. teach you in the program? Retail, manufacturing? They taught us you know, like the application process, like municipal rules and mm-hmm. the state rules, you know, um, I had no idea what a municipality was before I started that program. Why don't you just call it a city of town? I guess you fancy about it. But, you know, just trying to raise capital, I think that's the hardest part of the entire process. Yeah. Um, Is there an application fee? No. So as an equity applicant, you get your application fees waived. You get your annual fee sliced in half. And then you get expedited review. So you jump ahead of people who are general applicants. Yeah. I like that. And it it it, it was more based on tied to a cannabis conviction family member or yourself rather than that was Woodstock. So, <laughs> and nobody ever asked about our little toys and stuff up here. Um, but it was more based about that than ethnicity or race. Uh, and it was based a little bit upon location or? Yeah, all the above. All the above. You know. So there's 29 cities and towns that they deem as disproportionately impacted by the war on drugs. In Massachusetts? In Massachusetts. 29 cities. Okay. And so they came to those numbers by looking at the number of drug arrests that happened in each municipality. If they had over a certain number of drug arrests annually, it's just probably the impacted area. Yeah. See, these things are so hard to measure. It is what it is. I mean, you're not exactly. going to change things. Because there's some towns that aren't on it that should be on it and, right. vice, and vice versa. Right. And, and I, I grew up in Tucson, Arizona. And um, I grew up in, in a poor, uh, where, where, where it was all poor white people. Half poor white people, half wealthy white people. And there's a lot of poor white people that got screwed because they were poor. Mm-hmm. And when they'd get a marijuana charge, they'd get convicted. When then something would happen to them, they would get all the convictions, and the wealthy families wouldn't because they could afford lawyers. Yeah. But it had nothing to do with the, uh, where we lived because it just everybody was mixed in there. Yeah, exactly. You know, So it's like, how does the government know? And, and, and all these, like, and this, this is one of the problems with social equity and social justice in general. You know, there's just not an exact science, but we like to pretend like it is. But I'm happy it worked out well for you. Yeah, no, exactly. And, like, I don't, like, my story is just one of many. And, you know, unfortunately, there's more sad stories than good stories in this space. Um, but, you know, I like to think I can be, you know, an example of what can be done, you know, if you believe in yourself, if you put yourself towards the effort, you know, getting into the equity program itself is just not enough, you know, just because right. you get into the program, mm-hmm. you can't just sit back and think everything's going to happen for you. You still have right. to put in the work. You still have to come to events like these. You have to network. You have to learn other, you know, necessary tools outside of the industry. I went and took, you know, public speaking classes with Toastmasters. I went and worked for Amazon for a little bit so I can learn delivery better. Yeah, I went and worked right. for Best Buy and did delivery and then got an employee discount with Best Buy that I used to buy my computers and my it. TVs and all the shit that I had in my facility right now. So That's awesome. really just hustling and grinding and thinking outside that. the box and just like anything I could have done to put myself a step above my competition, I was going to do it. Yeah. You know, I became a man obsessed. I was 
working in the dispensary by day, taking equity classes by night, and then starting my business up in the meantime between. That's awesome. So is it just, is it you on the team or you have a, a team behind I have a you? Co, I have a co-partner. So okay. my, co, my co-founder, um, we've been tight since freshman year of high school. Nice. So we're not sure half our lives. Um, and then we have about four employees. And then um, well, a awesome. couple of investors. What city are you from again? I'm from Quincy. Quincy, so, yeah, we didn't get into that. Yeah, Quincy is a town that's 10 minutes south of Boston. South um, Boston? South of Boston. and um, That's where Marky Mark that's, is from. Uh, yeah, Marky Mark's in Dorchester. Oh, which Dorchester. Is right, okay. Which is right by Quincy. Actually, Quincy, like, border Dorchester. Um, so Quincy's big claim to fame to the city of presidents. That's where John Adams was born. That's where John Quincy Adams was born. So that's our whole little claim to fame. Yeah. So, um, you know, I got arrested in the city of Quincy. I lived my whole life. Uh, when I was 17, they put me in the local paper saying how terrible I was. And there was only like three grams of cannabis. And then when I started working with the dispensary as a director of community outreach, I organized an expungement clinic where I gave individuals the tools and the resources to remove cannabis crimes from their criminal record. And then that same paper that, you know, villainized me, put me on the front paper saying the good work I'm going to do. Um, so it's really just crazy how life comes full circle sometimes. Yeah, really. Uh, your story is amazing. And, you know, thank you so much for sharing with yeah, us. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thank you so much. How's your, uh, how's the service? So it's a, it's a mobile, is it like an ice cream truck kind oh, of Oh, I, I wish it was an <laughs> ice cream truck. <laughs> <laughs> they only really have that in California. Yeah. Um, New so, York, illegally. Exactly. Now they're cracking down over there. And it's like, <laughs> but, um. We have the pizza delivery model, so we have to okay. have a predetermined destination. Um, so right now, one of our biggest barriers, though, is that we have a two-driver requirement, and that's something that we're, I've been actively advocating for. We had Commissioner Roy here last night at the inception dinner, and we spoke, spoke about it then. They talked about it at the last public meeting. Uh-huh. Uh, they speak about it as low-hanging fruit, and they're right, right? They don't have to do anything crazy, like... Amazon rolls around with one driver. You, you know, have to have two drivers? One has to stay in the vehicle while there's products are cash at all times. I mean, that does make sense. You know, someone what? can come up and, but you can't and rob carry, the car as but you can't make carry, a delivery. But you can't carry weapons or firearearms either. So, so like, they're going to fight with their fists? Exactly. And it's not <laughs> worth it because we, we're limited on how much product we can yeah. carry per vehicle. Plus, we have it insured. We have GPS tracking on our vehicles. Our drivers wear body cameras. There's yeah. cameras, additional cameras in the vehicle. So it's like, what are we doing here? You know, the way the regulations are currently set up, you would think would live in plutonium. You know what the nice thing about this cannabis industry is going to be 2010 to 2030, there's going to be all these individuals that experience the absurdity of regulations and government. Yeah. And that's going to be a whole generation of individuals that graduate from their experience 2030 and beyond who are going to say, you know what? Nice experiment. Yeah, mankind should not does not have any business regulating man. So we need more liberty, more freedom, more choice, mm-hmm. more free market, and this madness that exists with two drivers—it's just dumb. Yeah, it's you know, I'm it's sure there pers- isn't a law that says you have to have two drivers in an armored car. They just do it because it's common sense. Exactly, but those guys get to carry weapons, right? They can carry guns. Mm-hmm. So the armored trucks. Yeah. So it's like, what are we doing here? Like, what are we gonna say? Like, blow a whistle? Something happens? Like, hey, Stop. hey, don't touch that! <laughs> so here's the thing, and this is what I'm gathering gathering from this meet on Shackle. You know your stuff. You're on top of your stuff. Oh yeah. You're involved in this stuff. You're right now. You're doing delivery, but you're gonna be a man involved in the cannabis industry in Massachusetts and beyond. For decades to come. Yeah, I'm sure you want to move yeah, out, Steve. No, no, most likely, 100%. And then get into some international work as well. You know, Europe's going to be popping off Germany over there. But yeah, check out ICBC, Spanabis. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah no, Spanabis is definitely on the bucket list for years. Yeah. I've been to everything, MJ Biz, MJ Impact, I've been to all that. You know, um, Nikan, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. 
So yeah. Have you, you know. heard of Mita before? I've definitely done. Yeah, I've yeah, heard see, of you guys. See, we we're around. huge. We're huge yeah. in Arizona. That's why we're here traveling, trying to yeah. find our boss. Yeah, it's USA. It's crazy. Yeah, you said because um, I know Arizona limited their social equity licenses. Yeah. I was like, that just makes it right for corruption when you do that, yeah, and yeah. what you do with a lottery as well. I'm so glad we didn't have to do a lottery like that. Yeah, shit that's why crazy. I was asking. Ours was a pay to play, not pay to. Oh yeah, my you had gosh. Pay yeah. application fee, and then it was a lottery, and then. Yeah, so huh? we, we got it right, and like we're not perfect, but you know we're better off than some states. So. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean. And I do agree that you guys got it right by not limiting the number of social equity people that can be involved. Um, But there's probably some people that, you know, for example, my mom and dad, you know, consumed too much marijuana and they didn't uh, provide me with enough education or something. Maybe something went wrong in my life. I wasn't convicted, but I suffered the consequences of of something happened with marijuana. Mm -hmm. Um, But yet I don't qualify for social equity. So there, there's so many people in life that something happens to, and we can't account for everything. But that person will get left on the sideline if they want to do a delivery services. So I mean, it's just it's just it is. It's, I feel you do feel like they pick and choose sometimes, especially yeah. when it comes to you know disproportionately impacted areas as well. Same thing. It's yeah. Like yeah imaginary it, like, li- imaginary lines, right? Oh, like come on now. And, like, and call me crazy, but I do not believe in a government that should pick and choose human beings. No. You know what I'm saying, and then that's, and that, and that's my problem. That's my issue. But I do like I I do like the I do like what they got right, which is not limiting it. You know, but but I, I mean when we went to the whole social equity thing in Arizona, like well can't you just self-identify? You know, right. I, I, I'm self-identified social equity. Yeah. You know. Anyway, so so yeah, but it's a challenge. Regardless, Evan, now you're a businessman operating yeah, the industry. Yeah, you're, it feels I'm, good. Uh, it was a long three years, but we're here now. We launched in late February, so uh, we're still just getting our process in order and just trying to grow every week, day, every week, every month, and trying to get better. Yeah, what's next? What's next for you guys? I mean, uh, here o- in Boston. Take over the world. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, the state. Uh, yeah, no, that's what, you know, the name of the game. Not even Donald Trump the, said that. The name of the game <laughs> with delivery is population density. So Boston is the you know, densest populated area in New England. So if anything, we're doing a hyper focus on the greater Boston area. Well, we really enjoyed introducing you to the to the audience out there. And I encourage people to reach out to you. I can tell by the way that you, you had to sharpen your teeth and your knowledge on the Massachusetts industry, the regulations, the licensing, and how things are here. That regardless of what uh, people are interested in, if they want to know more about the Massachusetts market, get involved with somebody who's committed, intelligent, capable, yeah. that would be you. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. it, man. It means a lot. And, uh, and that, that's, that's a really good thing. And that's one of the reasons why we have Meet Unshackled, why we create this database. There's another word for it, like archives or something. Yeah. Of, of people in the American cannabis industry. Devin, thank you. It was a pleasure yeah. meeting you. Yeah, yeah likewise. Thank Thanks so for much. having me. Appreciate you. And we'll, we'll put the contact information right here. Somehow like that. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in. And that was another episode of Mita Unshackled. I love the way she closes the <laughs>